Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Right. Welcome to Mixed Company. Welcome everybody back to Mixed Company. Yo, yo, yo. We are recording extra early today. Good morning, everyone. It's extra morning. <laughs> Not used to this. However, no. we're in Columbus Circle and this is a pretty sexy view. Yeah. Obviously, Simeon can't get to the window. We all know why. Um, actually, I can get to the window because I have my uh, <laughs> peg leg today, and I'm walking just fine. Oh, my gosh. I just Arguments to the end of the time. Because I, I refuse to let any of you not let me be great. You can be as great as you want. We will talk about you until. <laughs> anyway, we're back for another episode. This is a special episode dedicated, or not dedicated, but we are working with uh, She Runs It. We are here for their fourth annual Multicultural Alliance Boot Camp. Yes. This is exciting. Are we jumping yes, hurdles and, and moving tires and this stuff? This is <laughs> more of the boot camp that I like. I'm not into any Tough mutter or I anything. I am. <laughs> you won't be for about six weeks. But for the rest of us, this is more of a professional boot camp. So we're super excited to be here. The topic of the day is take charge now when passion meets purpose. So we're going to have tons of conversations about how to better ourselves as women and professionals. And Simeon's going to be here to take note and take all of this information back to our male allies, right? Yes. Because that's what you need to <laughs> do. Let your men's them know. <laughs> Whose men's is this? This is Simeon's men's, right? I feel like I've been doing that lately. You need to. This is great. That's allyship. Some of the topics we're going to be sure to touch on today are um, tapping into the fire. That's going to feature Pam L., the magnificent Pam L. from the NBA, CMO of the NBA, uh, journey to the C-suite. We're also going to talk about what gets measured gets done and essentially diversity best practices, champions on the front lines, which will uh, host a series of panelists that we know and love, um, starting with Carol Watson, uh, Ed Frankel, Judy Jackson, who we will be interviewing today. Yes, I think we, we will. talked about this about a year ago, maybe not a year ago. We talked about this around 3%. Where we were like, we have to get Miss Judy on the show because clearly she doesn't take any mess. And we're here for all the shade, tea, and real talk. <laughs> um, so hopefully we get a little bit of that today. Uh, Patty Kim and Big Sis, Goddess Rivera, is also going to be on that panel. We have Live Your Authentic Self. Women on Fire with Yai Vargas, who we'll also be having conversation with today. Who She's the founder of the Latinista, so we get to represent for our, my Latin people, mi gente. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, budgeting boot camp and share and compare. So we have a full day for yeah. you guys. We're hopefully we'll be here learning a lot, uh, making new friends, getting some tea, figuring out who here is on the front line saying what needs to be said uh, when others won't say it, and as always, candid conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's also like a well-rounded day like to just kind of hand on all the things to be successful. Yep, and I heard there's lunch, so priorities <laughs> are priorities. So we're excited to be here. You guys stay tuned. Like we said, we've got Judy Jackson on the show. We've got Yai Vargas and a whole bunch of great content that you guys need to stick around to listen to. So... Uh, we'll be right back. All right, guys. So it is officially that time. We have our first guest here with us today. Yay. We're so excited. Yes, this conversation are. is about to be on 10. 
Like I said, we have the global, the chief, the talent officer here at Wonderman. I don't even know what to say. I know what to say. Go ahead. When we started the podcast, we wanted to get chief chief officers on the podcast yeah. so that these conversations were really dynamic. So you are the first. Welcome. You are the first. Wow, I <laughs> Thank am you. honored. And what about and like, great first. What a great first. Yes. Yeah. We have we have mm-hmm. a woman of color. We have a woman of style and grace and elegance and eloquence on this show as our first C-suite person. There's another guest other than me. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, no. So we just want to welcome yes. to the show Miss Judy Jackson. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, really a pleasure. I'm, it's an honor. Just, he, I've, I've heard your podcast. I see how you work. You're an amazing team. And I, I'm blessed. Is there another presence. podcast? I know. I was like, we all right and all. We <laughs> Thank you so much. So I think we've, we've actually called attention to the 3% conference since November on uh, quite a few shows. But one of the standout points, if you look through our Twitter timeline, is the moment that Miss Judy Jackson let everybody know there needs to be more people of color. And thank you for making that effort. Um, similar to the way the rest of us would do that. So like I said, you're and you're our auntie in our head we gave you like a quick shout out a couple months ago during our yep. women's episode and finally you're here it's like santa is here wow. yes. <laughs> absolutely so like Simeon said we wanted to make sure we wanted to have conversations being mid-level um mid-level professionals with c-suite professionals so the first thing we really want to know is what is it like to be miss judy jackson at work like what is your day-to-day uh activity like so the day-to-day activity varies, quite frankly. Like, who would expect that I would do this today and meet all of you fine, wonderful people? <laughs> you know? We took showers. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, and have a chance to just be myself. I mean, I try to pride myself in being myself and having other people have the permission to be themselves. Um, so that's really what I'm trying to champion at Wonderman is that, that gift of being able to walk in a room and have your voice heard. Um, the role of a global chief talent officer, and I've had roles like this in the past, really changes depending upon your leadership team and, more importantly, your CEO. I am very fortunate. I, my boss is Mark Reed, who's a global CEO of Wonderman and now up for the grabs for the job of replacing Sir Martin Sorrell. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark is um, honest, direct, um, very little ego and allows me to do my thing. He keeps me involved in any acquisitions. We talk openly about any issues. We are, he has been my champion around building culture because it, you know, some people think, you know, belongs in HR or HR or, or you know, the leaders own that, but it's, it's really every individual and the leaders set the example. And he models that. So it makes my job fun. I have had jobs as global talent officers or global or, off or, or head of talent for North America, and sometimes it's not been so fun because I've not, and I've left some of those jobs because I've not worked with leaders who embodied the values that I think an organization should value. And anybody can, you know, hire someone and push paper and get things approved, but it is a challenge to really change the conversation in the workplace. And that's the gift I've been given, and I love it. Amen. That is an amen. Yeah. Just let us know when you hire him. That's all. Just let us know. (laughs) On the side. (laughs) For our listeners out there. I don't know who's listening. (laughs) 
right. So doing research about you, um, we found out that one of the things you don't like to hear is the question, can I be honest? And as a podcast, as a team that is built on honesty, we genuinely and generally ask that question. Why don't you like to hear, can I be honest? Well, let me ask you, when you're with one of your friends and a good friend of yours says to you, can I be honest? Mm, I know it's about to be some stuff. I already know. And, and, right, and you also know that there is something that doesn't feel completely safe. <laughs> and so when I came, I was at Wonderman many years ago, 16 as a matter of fact, and I came back, I'd asked people whether it was in New York, Chicago, Singapore, and I asked them, so what's it like being at Wonderman now? I haven't been here in 16 years. And they'd say, can I be honest? I mean, no matter where I was. And to me, that was an aha moment that meant if everyone is asking that, that means they can't be. And so we have to change that. And so my quest, and along with Mark and the senior leadership team, at least I, I hope everyone on the senior leadership team, is to change the culture where you don't have to ask that question. Because as a matter of fact, this it is a culture where you can be honest. You should be honest. Please be honest. And we had a culture that we still suffer from a little bit where people are very polite and it's okay to be respectful you should be respectful but not to the point where you can't tell what you really think and that's that's what i want for this organization so if you ask me can i be honest i know that i have a problem i have to solve that's so profound because i feel like at no one really wants like when we talk about I, kind of the reason why we started the show because a lot of us felt like we couldn't be honest at work and I guess we felt more empowered, but a, a lot of people who are our friends will never be as honest as we are on the show. So the fact that you're creating this safe space for people to actually go to HR and say exactly what they're feeling so that the solutions are actually real and effective and impactful is dope. Well, actually, I want them not to go to HR. Oh. I, 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 I want them to go. I mean, they can, but I want them to go to their boss. I want them to go to their colleagues. I want them to be able to tell another colleague, hey, you know what? We have a problem. You know what? I, I, I really don't understand this, or I'm feeling uncomfortable by the way you're talking to me. Right. Like, I don't want HR to be the police officer. Mm. I want you to be able to live your life at work like you should live it at home. You know, you should be able to tell your friend what you think and if you have a friend that you can't do that then that friendship is not real hey, i was just waiting for the through. organs to start playing <laughs> <laughs> that was my i need i just need a shout so <laughs> i would say the, the quick follow-up question do you feel like they should be able to do that with their manager absolutely okay. which is you know something that i think we're going to talk about is you time we can go into that so yeah we, what this, we, we created um this concept about maybe a month or so after i started called you time once i heard the you you know can I be honest issue I started asking well how do we give performance feedback because that's one of the ways you can be honest allegedly you know you you have a conversation with your boss so I'm going to ask any of you have any of you had formal performance reviews in your careers yes, yes. recently yes okay so tell me honestly haha <laughs> well, of course you're going to be honest but tell me how, how did you feel about that conversation did you feel like inspired when you were leaving it and feel like Wow, that was that was great. Did you feel like you were looking forward to this conversation? I mean, tell me what your experience was like. I mean, I've had I've had both experiences, right? At um at one company I was with, I had an amazing manager who actually um 
her her goal in our professional relationship because we also developed a personal relationship but professionally was to help me achieve my goals both inside the agency and professionally outside of the agency so i looked forward to our conversations and i looked forward to setting goals and milestones and checking in um, at other places my performance reviews when i could get them on the calendar because while they're mandatory getting them scheduled is like it's the least thing it's the last thing that's prioritized in life it was p either pulling teeth or it was what i would say unfair feedback feedback that we had not discussed previously where it's like opening the worst christmas gifts ever because why didn't you tell me this was a problem six months ago when it happened you mm -hmm. know so that that's been my experience i'll go by my recent experience because i transferred between different departments so <coughs> to be honest, um, <laughs> it's really dependent on who was giving me the feedback. Mm -hmm. um, I had one boss that I didn't really trust, so their feedback was like taken with a half a grain of salt because I just didn't feel like it was coming from a fair place or an honest place. Um, it was. It took so long to put the review on the map. Like it was just. It was low priority. It was no priority. Um, with my new manager, I felt like she puts an effort to make check-ins like she has like a whole outline like type like all together so when i had my like pre like review so you like set your goals slash review and then you have like your review after a few months i f didn't feel like anything would surprise because we've had so many check-ins and she's really good at like honest feedback mm -hmm. Um, in general in real time so when she gave me my review well, my pre-review I felt like I had things to work to and to work on and I felt like okay I have a path I have some sort of direction instead of just like oh well this works because it's more like I've been in experience where if it worked then fine it didn't matter if it was a good plan or not a good plan because who's gonna tell me like no one cares so I feel like now I actually have a plan or have direction where it's like, okay, it worked, but here's what you could do better next mm -hmm. time. Oh, um, I've always had reviews. Uh, the thing about reviews with me, I felt like a lot of my managers were tiptoeing around me. Like they, I, I felt like they felt if they would give me honest feedback that I would blow up because a lot of the feedback was like really like, oh my God, you're great, you're great, you're great. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, so what am I actually supposed to work on to get to the next level? Because if I'm really this great, you'd be giving me more money and a promotion. So like, what what's going on? So I felt like I would have to really like get them, push them to give me the critical feedback that I needed to implement in my career to get to the next level. Um, but even then I felt like it wasn't really honest or genuine because then like I'm like we like on the show part of what we empower people to do is to speak up when we feel like something's going wrong and right. I feel like in those moments when I'm like right I feel like something's going wrong and this is what's going on I felt like that's when they would bring the real feedback right. it's like this is all the things that I was holding back because we were in a good place now that you're coming with criticisms here's how I really feel about you so you know one of the things that I want to I want to mention that I heard uh, I heard you say um, which prompted, uh, and I'm going I'm to get back to you time in a second, but it, it, it was a learning that I had on Friday. And I sent out a note to my talent team with this aha moment. Because I've been sort of mandating, let's be honest, 
and I had an aha moment that you cannot mandate honesty. No, right. you can't. You know, you and try. you said something, you know, about trust, and you can you have to build trust before you can be honest. And what you, um, your manager did, and what's your name again? Karina. Karina, what your manager, your new manager, did is building those blocks of trust with you right away, so that you can really have the hard conversations later. And segueing to you time. You time is about trying to build trust. And one of the barriers I felt to building trust is having conversations in the office. Because I think the office walls allow you to be a bit confined. So you time is about going out offsite, whether it's a walk, whether it's lunch, whether it's coffee, uh, whether it's a manicure together. <laughs> but it's about having some time alone to just get to know one another. And then you could talk about how are you doing? Let's talk about goals for 2018. Where do you want to focus? And as your manager, how can I help you? Mm. And also importantly, what do you want for your personal life? Mm. So in one of my U-Time conversations, that was my aha moment. I had a U-Time with a, a male call, uh, employee who is, was a bit shy. And when I asked him about, you know, what, what, what can I do to help you? What do you want personally for your life? He said, well, you know, Judy, you have a tendency to, you know, send emails at all hours, you know, 5.05, 10 o'clock <laughs> at night, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, which is true. Oh, okay. So <laughs> he said, you know, I have a volunteer activity on Mondays, and I really need to leave the office a bit before 5. So, you know, can I do that? And can I not respond to you right away on a Monday? And I'm like, oh, my, I love this guy. Of course. I didn't know I was doing that. But had we not had created that safe space, he would not have felt comfortable to tell me what he needed to feel good about his Mondays. Mm. And um, and so that's what U-Time is about, is about getting rid of the bureaucratic performance review with the ratings. You know, and, and I, I get it that, you know, in some cases that, that that's helpful for some people. But at the end of the day, if that's a barrier to getting to truth, because I've found managers have said, you know, I gave Sam a four because I can't tell him he's a three. That's not going to motivate him, and mm. I got to explain it. And but then that but, defeats the whole purpose. Right. And yeah. and and or worse, I can't tell Mary she's underperforming because then she's going to ask me for these uh, you know examples. But then at some point, two, three, four months later, we got to fire Mary. Well, but Mary just got a review, and she looks like she's doing well. I mean, that's in writing. How are right. we going to unfold this? We've been there. So, you know, the idea is start uh, creating safe places for safe conversations and get to know someone before we start talking about the work. I think what's also, trust is the biggest thing, but there is honesty. There's a fine line between honesty and transparency, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're at work, so you can feel comfortable, but not too comfortable to take your socks off and put them on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I was about to say, well, <laughs> well, it depends on where we are. Because it's, <laughs> it's respectful honesty. Right. <laughs> so I think, you know, even when I always think when we say, okay, let's be honest, and we have people who are younger than us coming into this industry, and, you know, we know better, you know, who we can spot, who we can be honest versus who we can transparent to. It's that trust is that biggest thing. I've, and it's also intent, right? Because what I've learned in my previous recent experiences, I felt comfortable to be honest with my previous manager. Um, but after trust was taken away, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable to be honest nor transparent or transparent with that person anymore. Right. So I think the question is sometimes like not necessarily the honesty, but that trust that you're talking about to even go 
I think honesty is like the first barrier and then being transparent yeah. is the other. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we're working on trying to create an environment where the organization is more transparent about our mm -hmm. policies, our practices, how we make decisions about talent. You know, those are things that in the past I think have been and in most companies it's probably somewhat, you know, a mystery. You know, how do you get promoted around here? How do you whatever? And some of the answers we don't have. And part of the transparency is to be able to say, you know, I really don't know the answer to whatever that question is, but let's figure it out together. Absolutely. So, um, One other, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, like while you were talking, I feel like one thing that just came to mind was that you're kind of retraining people, managers on how to manage. And we've talked about this on the show before about managing people as people and not just as resources. So I feel like what you're doing is like really cool because you're helping managers manage their teams as actual humans who have emotions and goals and feelings instead of just treating them like capital or resources within the agency. We, we have a, um, a training program that this guy Juan Cortez, who's um, leading it out of Seattle, uh, where we're doing EQ training for managers. And it's, it's, a new, it, it's, it's new for us. We've, we've started it in some of the offices. Um, but we're hoping that begins to make managers more comfortable thinking about emotion. Mm -hmm. um, particularly being in a global company, you know, with some of my offices not in the U.S., you know, emotion is an interesting thing. You know, in one of our, um, in being sort of honest and transparent, in one of our global offsites with, uh, you know, 110 of our global leaders, we did a, um, a session on diversity and inclusion, which was new for us. The conversation is new on a global landscape. And one of the questions that I asked to the audience, which was about 85% men, was, is it okay really? if I cry? Is it okay if a woman cries? These are global leaders across oh, the oh, world. Okay. So they're not the U.S., Per se, but um, but it's a lot of men, you know, that are your global leaders around the world, your global CEOs, and um, asking the question about, you know, women are more emotional, and for me, it, as an example, one of the ways I show my emotion, whether I'm happy or sad, is through tears, mm -hmm. and is that okay? Does that make you uncomfortable? And my boss, who I love, said, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> in front of his 109 leaders, <laughs> but what I loved is that we could talk about it and talk about why and at least put those elephants on the table because we all bring who we are to work every day and if that's who we bring let's let's not ignore that let's just deal with it amen another gem so so obviously you're not here today just to speak to us although i'm sure we could do this for hours and hours on end um we'll invite you back to do that one day uh, but your panel today speaks about your experience as a champion on the front lines of the conversation about diversity and inclusion. Um, so in the context, sorry, diversity and inclusion conversation. So what are some breakthrough successes that you've seen in your career thus far, especially being um, a chief talent officer uh, within that conversation of diversity and inclusion? And have you seen any failures? Well, can I count this conversation as a yes. <laughs> yes. as a milestone? Every win is a win. No, no, I mean just 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 asking these questions, being here at you know at the company and talking so openly. I mean, I wouldn't have expected that five years ago. Um, having your podcast, you know, and the way you influence is a success. Yeah, we've had successes inside the company. Uh, certainly here at Wonderman, a program we've launched called Pass It On, which we put through. So far in the last year, 190 women across the globe, uh, helping them build their confidence as well as think about what is the barrier for themselves mm 
that's preventing them from reaching you know their true potential and then you know helping them and their managers do that together what's been successful about it my passion is not having a training session for 190 women but how do you sustain it anybody can have an event right how does it how does it continue throughout you know the workplace and so we've developed mentorships and you know a number of other initiatives that's shown its growth mm -hmm. so that's that's been a plus when I first came to Wonderman I had braids and a woman came up to me okay so a woman about maybe a month or two in the job black well, young young black woman and she had braids and I said oh I like your braids they look very nice and she said Judy I can wear braids because you have braids Listen, wow. I was shocked. I, was, wow. I said, I mean, this is, you know, you know, 2000, it was 2017 at the time. And I, I said, really? She said, yeah, I didn't know if I could wear braids. Wow. You know, and now my head of HR for New York, I was telling her that story. And she has braids. And she said, well, that happened to me, too. I wore braids because you had braids. <laughs> Listen, wow. Miss Judy, I hear setting trends, y'all. She, she's building, she's building successful but, platforms, but, setting trends. But what to don't me, you that's do? scary. Oh, to me, that's scary. That's fair. That's fair. Like, really, really? I'll say when I started, I wasn't, I wasn't sure when, I, and I started at Wonderman in 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, and I knew nothing about advertising except for what I've seen on television, maybe a little bit from Martin because Gina was an account executive. Um, but I knew no I didn't know what to expect. And I would come to work in braids or I would come to work in, uh, m with my natural hair. And there were comments like, and, but not like negative comments, but just from, from the group of women that kind of took me in. Um, you, they were like, oh, girl, like, I, are you okay? Did anybody say anything to you? Because, you know, they don't like it when we walk in here like that. And, you know, we can't, you know, oh, we wow. can't have all four of us in the hallway at the same time talking. We got, <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't sure, but I think for me it was more just about I need to at least be here comfortable because I was bored out of my mind as a junior project manager. I knew nothing about the work. But I needed to feel comfortable in some way. So, so appear my appearance was the best place I could start. And then as other people came in, other people felt comfortable to wear their hair. Other people felt comfortable to wear makeup. Other people felt comfortable to wear certain uh, appropriate but nice clothing that you gen you know generally wouldn't wear to a stuffy suit party. Um, so it's Im but it's important to be you, and I think that's kind of what we from the outside before we've actually met you that's what we've looked at you as like this woman who's just very confident and very just centered in authenticity and the drive to push not just the conversation of diversity and inclusion forward but actually make it happen and make it a thing that's not that's not just like talk talk it's, yeah. it's just a part of our everyday work culture so yeah. I mean I think if we could you know the champions are not so much me although that's that's nice to, to hear that the champions of what we do every day sure. it's the micro actions yeah. we do every single day whoever you yes. are wherever you sit it's the hello to another sister who's new to the company you know it's it's the you know hey listen can I tell you you know it's and it's and it's and it's defending one sure. another as well, you know, when when yes. something happens. So if we can have each other's back, and I think that's what sort of the theme that we're moving toward in 2018. How do we have each other's back? The myth has always been that we are crabs in a bar barrel that pull mm. each other down, and we have to destroy that myth, Absolutely. and and be comfortable with people that are not black, and helping them and helping educate them. And I want to just tell one quick story because I I want to give two kudos to a woman that works with me. And She's a white female, 
and she was reading some stuff online one day, and she was sitting next to my assistant, who's a black woman, because um, we all sit out in the open, and she was saying to her, Nicole, when do you use the word nigger? Like, because uh, she was reading something and it had N I G G A H, and she she saw it was reading something that had N I G G E R, and not being American, mm-hmm. she was curious about like what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But how brave of her to say out in the open to my assistant very casually, can you explain that to mm-hmm. me? Because I don't understand the mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. So my assistant, ex- so I was walk, I walked, I happened to be walking by, and I heard them talking about digger. <laughs> And she goes like, wait, whoa, 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 wait one minute, wait one minute. (laughs) But, you know, but I heard her explanation of the colloquialism of it and the inappropriateness of the other word, the other spelling. And I marveled and I could work at a company where you could have that conversation at work. Now, that's progress. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Ms. Judy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back. Thank you. We'll be back. All of in your office wait don't we have access to this building don't don't run it past us thank you so much we look forward to seeing you on your panel today and we've enjoyed the conversation thank you stay tuned everybody for our next conversation with miss yai vargas of the latinista we will be right back Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Miss Judy Jackson from Wonderman. We have an amazing, amazing guest that we're super excited to have with us now. We have Jai Vargas, who is the founder of The Latinista. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you so much. Hi. So glad to be here. Thank you for putting this together. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely, we've, uh, we've definitely been looking forward to this day and kind of speaking to a lot of the men and women who kind of influence not just like our professions but our work culture because a lot of what you're doing is making people like us feel more comfortable with bringing ourselves to work being authentic reaching for the stars and you know why wouldn't we want to talk to the best right oh i love it it's a team (laughs) effort though you're all you're all in it for the same cause Um, absolutely so one of the things that we've noticed is you have one of the coolest titles we've seen on LinkedIn. You are a LinkedIn networking ninja. And if you're a 90s kid, I know that you were all about the three ninjas kick back. We were all about the Power Rangers. What does that mean in the context of professional life in 2018? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I am absolutely obsessed with the LinkedIn platform. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you if you have a superpower. So somebody asked me that when I was once on a panel and I was kind of like, what in the world does that mean? So I sort of started going down the line of what my girlfriend's really good at. Numbers, um, they're really good at graphic design, they're really strategic thinkers. And I started to sort of do some introspective work and I started saying, I'm just really great at meeting people, trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish and figuring out who within my network is gonna help them accomplish that goal. So not necessarily like it's me helping them, but I'm connecting them with someone who's gonna help them meet You're their the goal. You're the super connector. <laughs> You're like, that's amazing. Wow. I am, and the ninja skills step in, cause like as soon as we meet, you'll get an invitation from me. Oh, wow. So before you even find me, like it's already sitting in your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how does she do it? That's the magic power, that's the power. Amazing. Is it me, is it someone else? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's got a whole team behind her. That's amazing. So you are the founder of the platform, The Latinista, which I, I saw that uh, probably six months ago. Um, and took a, uh, a look on your website, and I'm completely impressed with everything you have going on. Can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar a little bit more about what The Latinista is and how they can get in contact with you? Absolutely. So The Latinista is something that I founded six years ago for professional women, professional women who were finding challenges when they had to have these really honest conversations Number one, with themselves about their opportunities and what they've accomplished so far. And number two, with what they're asking and demanding for themselves at work. And so I used to be like a conference head. So I went to tons and tons and tons of conferences that the companies that I've worked for have supported me on. And sometimes I would meet women who'd say, hey, I'm here on my own, you know, like I'm rooming with three other girls, but I needed to be here. You know, and I would sort of ask myself, like, girl, you work for, like, a huge corporation. How are these people not investing in Come you? Come through and tell the people all the things, That's girl. Keep going. Why? Yes. Keep preaching. Why <laughs> aren't they investing in you? And you've been there for how many years? Six, girl. seven years? What I came to find out is some of those women weren't confident enough to even ask the question mm-hmm. of their managers. So some of the women were just kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't know, the budget's out of whack, you know, I haven't gotten a bonus in a while. I'm just here because I need to better myself and I'm just gonna dig into my own pocket and make it happen for myself. I'm like, yeah, but then all of these things that you're learning at these great conferences, you know that this in turn is making your team better, your department, the culture. Hopefully you're sharing these things internally. They must know that you're going there to better yourself for the betterment of the overall department, you know? So I found that some of these women just lacked confidence. Mm. They didn't even know how to have a conversation and ask their boss to send them to a conference, a professional development conference, right? And then some of them would say, oh, they know it's a conference, but it's in Vegas. And so they're gonna look at me as like, I just wanna go party. And I'm like, okay, but it's a professional development conference. It's like you're missing the point. Right. (laughs) The point is you need to sell it in a way and say, these are the workshops that I've signed up for that I want to attend and represent this brand at. Mm -hmm. How do I belong on that panel? Or how do I fill up space within that room and tell people about this company that invests in me that I want to work for or work with in accomplishing these goals? And so... I really designed Latinista as a workshop platform. So it's a workshop, we do it every single month, and the themes are anything from learning how to utilize LinkedIn to develop your professional brand, right? And some of the challenges there are, some of the women are like, yeah, but I'm this kind of girl on Facebook, and so I have to be super professional on LinkedIn. It's like, well, what are you putting on Facebook? It should be the same person. <laughs> like, why are you a totally different Night person? And day. <laughs> yeah. Why are you a totally different person on your social media platforms? Like, if I meet you, we're probably going to get to know each other in so many ways, shapes, or forms. I met a lot of women who also did things like side hustles, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm an accountant by day, but I have a flan business at night. Come on, flan business. Hello. <laughs> right, let me get that business card when we finish here. Wait a minute. Exactly. And so these women were really passionate about being bakers Amazing. and selling flan, but they would never tell anyone in their day jobs and they would never even think to put it on their LinkedIn because quote unquote, it wasn't professional enough. And I was like, girl, but isn't this what makes you happy? What you really want to do? What you stay up all night doing is baking? 
why would you want to do someone else's accounting business? Exactly. Let's get real with yourself. What's going on here? And so they're like, yeah, it's just a side hustle. Like, it's going to get me through. And eventually, one day, I'll get my things together, and it'll really be a business. I was like, you have to start that business right now mm. with these people in that room that can afford that $17 flan. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, yes, I can. Sometimes you got to invest in the things you but have. There are, True. like, so many layers to, like, what you just, what you just said. <laughs> like, because, like the thing that I took away the most was the value of like someone recognizing their value and then also the investment of their employment, like somebody's employment is an investment. So how do you start treating yourself as an investment at work, but then also keeping valuing the things that make you authentic? Because like when I, when when I hear you talking about the conference and you're saying that they're not asking their bosses, I'm like, so you're using your PTO time. And then you're also digging yeah. into your into your pockets, and you're not getting that money back. So, it's it's like you just set me, off light yeah, bulbs. Yeah, because you set off all the electricity in this room right these now. These are the things that we like. We're learning later in life, but other people are going into their jobs, and they're actually negotiating that upfront so that they don't even have to be hesitant about asking for that. So, like, kudos to you, because like. My brain is exploding right now. Yeah, <laughs> but this I is—I like, mean, this is a mini conference right now. It is a mini <laughs> conference. It's also, you know, it's really good to hear other other people. Like we talk about this on the show all the time, and sometimes it feels like maybe we're making it up. But you're totally reinforcing everything we are about: knowing your worth. You're an investment. You're making money for these people, which means that you too are empowered to be able to not only contribute but have them contribute to your growth. So that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. and you know what? On the other side of that, these organizations and these companies need to be able to understand how to utilize you in your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. So they need to be able to be like, oh wow, she's got a flan business. This is huge for our business. How can we use her? as a free spirit, a dynamic, a creative, a baker, and yeah, she's an accountant here at this firm. Yep. Like, that organization needs to know how to be able to utilize you to be able to recruit other people who are as dynamic and as multifaceted yeah. as you are. If you try to hide that from someone, they may not know all about you, yeah. right? And sometimes people actually hire you for the multi-dimensionalness that you yeah. de- that yeah. you do have because it's the, it's the skills you can't necessarily describe, but the skills you need. And that's on the topic of diversity and inclusion. When you bring people that have that much dynamicness, if you will, to them, the the return on investment is huge. So. We know, obviously, like, your conversation, you're lighting us up, we're ready to go on our day, and it also just so happens that you're on the Women on Fire panel today, right? So that's super exciting. You're clear, like, there's no question why they requested you or or why you're on the panel, but tell us a little bit about, um, in in your experience, what advice can you share with other Latinas and other women of color about you know, how they can bring their own fire to the professional place. Because you just said, how are you this a different person on your Facebook than you are on your LinkedIn? You're, like, physically the same person, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, I get this asked a lot of times by uh, mentees or younger people, and they're kind of like, okay, I'm starting in my new career, starting in this new world. What do I need to keep in mind as I start growing? The one thing that I would say is to always make sure that you have your – personal goals and your professional goals and understand how to manage up, right? Because sometimes you go into these organizations 
and someone just happened to fall into that manager seat, but mm. they've never been trained to be a manager. Girl, so now, uh, and I'm sure you you've all had that. Ago. <laughs> Listen. I mean, we literally just had this conversation. We, we just had this conversation. <laughs> True. Yes. You know, that's a huge challenge. Some of these people get these big roles, but they've never been taught how to be a great manager. And that's not their fault. But you have to take responsibility and figure out how to manage up. Mm -hmm. Right? So that means every three months, every six months, you've got your personal goals and your career goals laid out. And you sit down with your boss and you're like, all right, I spoke to HR. I figured out where I am in the bandwidth of this associate role. It looks like I'm somewhere sort of in the middle. I want to figure out how to be at the top of this compensation-wise yeah. and associate-wise. What do I need to accomplish from day one to day 60 to six months from now that's going to make me sort of round off all the bases and you're not going to be able to tell me that yep. I can't have that promotion? What do I need to do? Sometimes people forget to do that or it's an awkward conversation. That's why I started the Latinista. We have really, really just raw conversations like, hey, you may pretend you're my boss right now. Ask me a question. And then I'm going to talk about why I think I deserve a raise or a promotion yep. and what I've accomplished. Another thing is making sure that you ask for help and ask for feedback. Don't think that you know it all just because you read it online. Mm. It's really, really important to just surround yourself with people who've been there before. I mean, I've asked a ton of people before, like, hey, I want to get in your shoes. What did you do to right. get to that role? Right. Will you spend some time with me and just teach me what you read, what class you went to, what I need to be in front of, what industry trends are happening right now? Um, it's really, really, really important to make sure that you understand what your setbacks and your challenges are. Most of the time, we already know what's holding us back. Right. Right? Like, if you want to be a digital marketer and you know you need a certification, what are you still doing here? Mm. Right? Mm. Don't tell me it's, oh, I don't have time, right? Because we all have 24 hours right. and you don't need that much sleep if you've got to accomplish a goal. Okay. I was like, but the way, <laughs> the way these bags be set up under these eyes, girl, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll just bring oh, extra moisturizer. I'll, br I'll bring extra moisturizer. That's what I'll do. Exactly. Okay. All right. Definitely. But there's, there's so much work that we need to do about being really honest about, we're about what we're accomplishing. Right. There's cert certifications, there's programs, there's conversations, there's books that we need to start ingesting that are going to get us to that promised land, or right. at least a little closer. So you need to just be really open and honest about yourself and say, I've been talking about the same thing for the last three years about this mm -hmm. certification or being a different person, and I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't be mad at that. It's you. That's what are you waiting for? That's true. I'm taking notes now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... On Mixed Company, on our show, our tagline is, um, we say all the things you wouldn't in Mixed Company. Have you ever been in a position where you had to say that one thing that everybody needed to hear, but everyone was too scared to say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It actually happened not too long ago. A couple months ago, I was sitting with a really big-time creative director, and we were working on some really big-time ads. I mean, millions and millions of dollars worth of ads. And I was managing the Latino and Hispanic engagement mm -hmm. and activation across the nation. And some of the people that they chose to put in the ads didn't necessarily portray a very diverse type of Latino. 
right? And so that the images that they were giving me were like these very Mexican, very like uh-huh. on a ranch with huge quinceañera dresses, like, you know, okay. down in Texas somewhere. And yes, Mexicans are the biggest population here, right? So there are 36 million Mexicans. They're the largest population, 11% Mm. of the Hispanic population in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean we all can see ourselves in their shoes. In that lens, right. We don't all look like that, right? So when you're developing some advertising and it's going nationwide, Yes, you may probably think from someone who doesn't have an untrained eye that let's just go with the biggest population. There's 36 million of them. Let's put them on an ad when it's so much more than that, Mm -hmm. right? Because then if I don't sort of see myself in that big yellow poofy dress Mm -hmm. in a quinceanera, like down in a Texas ranch, you know, with some people that don't necessarily look very Latino or worldly, then I'm going to disconnect from that brand and be like, why did they think that this was a worldly Latino-looking person? Right. What? I mean, you've seen it a lot with, with I H&M, see it all the time. Yeah. Right? The stereotypes. Pepsi, these stereotypes, and it's and it's bad. And so, it's stereotypes. It doesn't actually like how how creative are you being if you're just looking at it through one through one lens? Yeah. I think that's even more important. Exactly. It's literally your job yeah. to be creative about how we portray <laughs> exactly, this. Exactly. Exactly. And I felt like. You know what? I was going to raise my hand and I was the only person of color in that room. And I was like, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that they see it from a data perspective. There's 36 Mm -hmm. million Mexicans in the U.S. Mm -hmm. How could we not use someone that depicts that type of person? But I made them take a different look. Right. I made them say, "Okay, I get the numbers. But when you tell me a little bit more about where you're going to be placing these ads. Right. It's not concentrated in California and Texas. Right. Like, look at all the Cubans in Florida. When they see this ad, they're going to be like, what Who is, is that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. What is that? What are we What is happening here? Exactly. So um, I raised my hand and I was like, I need to tell you guys this because this is my role. Right. Amazing. With, with, with the women that you coach, um, because that's talking about having uncomfortable conversations with the way that you're coaching them do they ever come back and say that i did all the steps that you coach me on and i'm still getting pushback how do you advise them to like push forward when they're because like if we're being honest like there is so there's things that we can do to better ourselves and then there's also the bias that becomes blockage within the industry how do you coach them to have those uncomfortable conversations with their managers if they've checked off all the boxes Mm -hmm. yeah and actually that's a very different type of conversation right if somebody comes to me and says really open and honestly like look i've checked off the boxes i went to courses they got me certifications they're still not promoting me i've been here eight years something's not happening i'm like then you need to take a look at what's going on behind the scenes Mm. and you need to make a very honest decision for yourself and be like look right these people don't value me I'm going to go elsewhere. Yeah. There's yeah. so many organizations and companies that are looking for the type of person that you are who can just be open and honest and willing to put in that work. But sometimes you got to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I know you're comfortable there in your seat, but you know what? It's been eight years. Right. And you're not going to pay the rent with that. No. That's no, you so will really not. So, so the last thing we usually do on our show um, is talk about a segment that we call Dope Shit. Or ain't shit. It's our take on current events. And as candid and (laughs) classy or sometimes classless as we may be (laughs) on this show, um, we like to talk about what's going on. So is there anything happening in advertising, marketing, pop culture? God forbid we bring up more politics on this show. But even in politics that you think is absolutely amazing 
and would warrant a dope shit shout out or completely ain't shit. And usually if it's politics these days, we know where I it know, goes. I know, I <laughs> know, exactly. So I'm not even going to go there. But you know what? I am going to go there and I'm going to bring it up, but I don't know if anyone's done this so far on the show. So I don't know if you guys have all been following Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Absolutely. Yes. And if I you love know the her, BX. and if anybody <laughs> yes. knows her, I'm putting yes. the word yes. out now. If anybody knows her, she needs to be our friend, whatever she needs. Yes. We will canvas, girl. Yes. What do you need? Exactly. There are so many people standing up for this woman. And I'll tell you, like, she didn't have a political background. Yes. She helped Bernie Sanders on his political campaign, but she didn't study political science. She was a waitress at Taqueria. She was a bartender. She was a normal person. She went through some things that normal people go through. She was so disgusted at some of the things that she had to go through with her personal life, right? You can actually read this. It's on her Wikipedia page. Um, her dad passed away. She had to deal with some things when it came to his estate. And she was so disgusted how some of these attorneys were taking advantage of her and the community and the years that it took to settle some of these things that she was like, you know what, this is so wrong. And instead yeah. of complaining, she did something about it. She sure did. So she started smartening herself up around issues and ways and situations where she can better her community and be that voice. Mm-hmm. So she won the election against some dude that's got some dude. like <laughs> I like some that dude. some dude. But in in context, we don't know who he is. Uh, we don't. He really that right. He's some dude. Don't know who he is because he don't they live sure don't. there. <laughs> yep. they sure don't. Some dude that was in there for ten terms who got a pat on the back yep. from almost every political figure in this city. Yep. He didn't even pay her any mind. Alexandria spent about $180,000 on her campaign. This dude spent $3.4 million on his campaign. She got, I think it was like 12,000 community signatures to put her over the top. It was ruthless. She was out there every day and every night. And before she won this, I had been following her for a while because I wanted her to come to a Latinista event to do a workshop, right, on assertive communication, right? And just like raising your hand and being like, I know not a damn thing about politics, but I know that this ain't right. Right. And these people are behind me, and we're going to, like, circle, circle the city and have people stand up. And she did just that. The people stood up, and they came out in droves. And it was, like, unbelievable. She was amazing. She was a woman on fire. She totally is a woman (laughs) on fire. She should be on this panel. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) We're not doing a lot. Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining yes, us today. You. We yes, love the conversation. You. Hopefully, we can get you back for a longer show. Absolutely. Yes. So I can great. go on for hours with you guys. Chop, <laughs> so can we? Listen, don't tempt us. But we're looking forward to your panel. And for those of you that have the opportunity, take uh, a look at thelatinista.com um, mm-hmm. and sign up for any panels if you yeah. see something that you like. And Jai, it was a pleasure. We'll yes, see you out there you. on the panel. Thank you guys for all your hard work. I appreciate Absolutely. you spreading the good word. We are thank out you. here just to do that. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Soon.